We have a great show today. We're, we're talking to one of the uh, capos of the Colombo crime family. This guy is, I mean, he's the Dr. Phil of, of crime movies and, and crime uh, information. He is just amazing. He's a guy who his father uh, was a really, really, really bad guy. Passed away um, in 2000, but or 2020 but he was in prison for many many years he didn't want his son to be a a mobster his son became a mobster because dad went to prison he was going to be a doctor he met a good woman 38 years ago they got married and he completely left that he's the only one to do that and still be alive but we were talking about crime families today and we wanted to know is the biden family a crime family that and the questions that need to be asked. We read through the transcript uh, from uh, from uh, Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer. And where are the Republicans on this again? Because there's some questions that really need to be asked and answered. All that and more on today's Monday podcast. Brought to you by Relief Factor. If you're in pain, may I suggest you try Relief Factor. Relief Factor is not a drug. It is all natural and it helps you uh, with inflammation, reducing the inflammation in your body, which is the number one thing that really causes our pain and honestly most disease is inflammation. It attacks your inflammation four different ways where I, you know, I've taken the hard stuff. I've, yeah, I hate to admit it, but I have taken ibuprofen 800. Sure. I could just take four ibuprofens over the counter, but I asked the doctor, I need a prescription for the hard stuff. It doesn't work for me. The reason why ibuprofen only hits your inflammation from one direction. This has ingredients that hit it from four different directions, and you will see the difference, at least I have. And 70% of the people who try this for three weeks go on to order more month after month. So try it. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four, relief. 800 for relief. ReliefFactor.com. now seen or read two different interviews from hunter biden's ex-business partner devin archer and i'm not exactly sure what to make of his little pr tour is it just blind luck that he always seems to be just out of earshot every time something happened that could tie him to the biden family influence peddling scheme and this is what you really need to noodle here is it possible that every time oh you know what i had to go to the bathroom okay sure but i'm not really seeing a big push by the gop to really get down to what actually happened and this bothers me a great deal every time i'm expecting to see an explosive follow-up question during his congressional testimony it never came now You may not notice this because maybe you didn't read the official transcript. It was released last Thursday, and I understand you get busy and everything else, and that's what you pay me to do. So by that time, Archer had already been interviewed by Tucker Carlson before the transcript was released. Tons of what he disclosed couldn't be cross-checked by uh, Tucker Carlson and his team, and there are a few things that need to be. On page 12 of the congressional transcript, Arthur testifies that he first met the head of Burisma in Moscow. 
Okay, why is that important? Well, the dates here. The dates here are just a little interesting. The meeting took place on the exact same day that Russia invaded Crimea in 2014. Now, why was the head of Burisma in Russia on that day? Why was Devin Archer's team considered a good fit for Burisma as Russia was stealing Crimea? Did Devin Archer know that Burisma was one of the only Ukrainian energy companies that had drilling rights in Ukraine? Some of the questions that should be asked. The weeks following Russia's invasion of Crimea were pretty eventful. Hunter would join the board of Burisma. He would also have a meeting with Joe Biden at the White House. And Joe Biden would travel to Ukraine to discuss, to discuss quote, fracking and greater energy production. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Joe Biden is going over to Ukraine to talk to them about more fracking, natural gas, and oil. And trying to make sure that the Ukrainians and Burisma can do more of these things. And yet, just a couple of years later, he's over here shutting us down. Now, this context alone makes for a pretty fortuitous meeting. I mean, don't you think it's at least a little interesting? It's, least, it's, it's worth at least a question, I'm thinking. Congress treated this entire portion with like kind of a deer in the headlight, like what's happening, God, and they don't say anything. Now, Devin Archer claimed that his meeting at the White House was due to a school project for his kid. I'm not making this up. Something involving paper mache. Wow. Now, was it only paper mache that was discussed at this meeting did marie burisma come up at all did crimea and burisma the gas leases come up why did hunter biden tell archer to buy a burner phone just three days before his white house visit can we see the messages and the emails and the calls from this so-called burner phone why do i have this feeling that this burner phone has since been disappeared now that's page 12 let's go up a little further here let's look at page 84 and 85 congress attempts to ask a question about a man named rob walker now who's rob walker well we know rob walker he was revealed in the previous house disclosures as allegedly being the middleman that received the cash payments from hunter biden's overseas dealings and then delving them out to random members of the biden family okay when his name was brought up archer's lawyer immediately butts in and shuts down none of this is within the scope don't answer that that's what he said which kind of sounds like the rob walker information is kind of important this is not how business is done why was it done this way why was the question about rob walker shut down so quickly and pointedly why have we not called rob walker in to testify can you answer that one on page 36 archer describes a business trip to dubai where he attended along with hunter biden and multiple burisma executives 
He then goes on to talk about how Burisma wanted Hunter to call D.C. to fix the problem they were having. The group walked out just out of earshot from Archer and made the call. What a stroke of luck. Now, remember, the original statement was that Burisma wanted Hunter to call D.C. for help. As Archer is pressed, Archer responds with this, and I'm quoting from the transcript. Listen, I didn't hear the phone call, but he called his dad. Whoa. That's pretty interesting. I thought this was reported that he just called D.C. No, he said he called his dad. Hmm. Now, was Devin Archer told that Hunter called D.C. or his father, Joe Biden? Because the statement actually says both. James Mandefolo, uh, uh, the general counsel for the House Oversight Committee, pushed him. He said he, w- he was asked if it was during the drive back to the hotel that the Burisma executives told Archer that they had, quote, called the vice president. Uh, was, it at the, was it in the car or was it in the dry, at the, with the drive home or was it sometime the next day? Now, this is when things get a little weird. Devin Archer's lawyer, Matthew Schwartz, immediately chimes in and says, uh, he told you expressly he called his father or that he called D.C. Okay, which which one is it? Now, remember, this is Devin Archer's own lawyer pushing in. And he's like, oh, um, D.C., D.C. Hmm. So wait, you said twice that it was his dad. And then you say, oh, no, 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 uh, it's D.C. After your attorney reminds you. Now, this was later brought back up right after testimony broke for recess. Archer's lawyer stated that he wanted to clarify something before the rest of the interview commenced. What was it he wanted to clarify? Well, the Devin Archer definitely totally did not hear anyone say Burisma executives had Hunter call his father. And it's for reals this time. Okay, this time they mean it. Now, I'm sorry. Can we circle back around on this one? It seems like a big deal for the main witness, who apparently has no direct information on influence peddling, merely just to acknowledge the appearance of it, But he didn't just do that. He also said he was told that Hunter called his dad. Then he doubled down on it when asked by the committee general counsel. But then when his uh, lawyer butts in and asks him, are you sure that's what you mean? Oh, yeah, no, it was just D.C. Wink, wink, nod, nod. I don't know. I think that should call for a little pushback. Uh, from Congress. Just, I mean, just a little. After reading the testimony, I almost get the feeling that Congress is letting this slip through the cracks. Now, why would they do that? Well, I've always assumed the rest of Washington, D.C. was pissed at the Bidens for shining a light on something they all have been quietly doing for decades upon decades. Washington is an influence peddling mecca. It is their number one cash crop. With that context, why would they want to bring it all out in the open? Maybe just some food for thought. 
Now let me break for 60 seconds. We'll be right back to the show. Mantis X, if you're a shooter, ammo prices have gone kind of high. Every time you go to the range, it's literally like setting money on fire. Uh, if you want to stay a good shooter, you need to stay on top of it. Get good with guns. It's a perishable skill. So how do you do it without spending a fortune at the, uh, at the range? Here's what you do. Mantis X. It is a high-tech, easy-to-use system widely used by the military. It was used on the Marines to uh, train the Marines. And it helps you improve your shooting quickly. You attach it to your firearm right underneath the barrel, connected with an app to your smartphone or tablet. Then, whether you're firing actual rounds or even dry fire practicing, you can be, you know, shooting at your TV or your, you know, picture or corner of your wall. It doesn't matter. It's measuring everything that you do with the gun. And 94% of the shooters improve within 20 minutes because as you pull the trigger, it tells you exactly what's happening and where you're making errors in real time. And it can show you and you can correct it immediately. Start improving today. Get yours now at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. Go there now. 10 seconds. Station ID. You know, it's really interesting. Let's say hi to uh, Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed, who is uh, filling in for Stu today, who is I was shocked by the pictures. Uh, I don't know about you, Pat, and I don't know how he's going to do in court. But, you know mm-hmm. what? Let's leave it alone. It's mm-hmm. it's getting harder and harder to say it, but mm-hmm. innocent until proven guilty. So anyway, uh, the have you seen the new Rasmussen report? I don't think so. uh, Okay, so this is on the impeachment. How many people are for impeaching uh, Joe Biden? And this, to me, is, I don't know, a little stunning. Uh, It shows that the average American believes that Joe Biden did something wrong, that he uh, he's it's risen to a high crime or misdemeanor. Mm hmm. But, you know, they're not really, I don't know. But why impeach him over it? To impeach him. Just leave him. Mm -hmm. Leave him. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Now, I saw a story and it said uh, Joe Biden might want to thank former President Donald Trump for this. Voters appear to be suffering from impeachment fatigue. Really? Is Mm. that Donald Trump that they think for that? Or is that the Democrats? (laughs) That knew all of this stuff about Joe Biden and impeached Donald Trump over and over. It's not Donald Trump that was like, you know what? You should impeach me. <laughs> you don't this remember him impeaching amazing. himself uh, twice? You don't remember don't. that? Huh. No, I Weird. don't. All I right. don't. Yeah, but he's on this spree of trying to go to jail now. He's like, hey, yeah. put me in jail. Put me in jail. <laughs> uh There is now new information that there was a money trail to the Biden family coffers from China. Mm -hmm. U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware charged Hunter Biden with tax and gun crimes last month, uh, released to a federal court last week, a now scuttled plea deal that affirmed the presidential son got millions himself from Chinese forces 
in 2017 and 2018 the mood the money was uh money that it was included from a chinese energy firm now wait a minute wait a minute a chinese energy firm that is linked to the chinese communist party hang on there's another story about this someplace because i read a story about how we might have to dip into our strategic oil reserve and then i read this Mm. Uh, energy secretary jennifer granholm engaged in multiple conversations with the chinese government's top energy official before the biden administration announced that it would tap the strategic oil reserve Hmm. Granholm's previously undisclosed talks with the Chinese National Energy Administration chairman revealed that the Biden administration likely discussed its plans to reduce uh, to release oil from the SPR with China before the public announcement. Huh. An amazing coincidence. Secretary Granholm's multiple closed door meetings with a CCP connected energy official raise serious questions about the level of Chinese influence on the Biden administration's energy agenda. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Help me out with this, Pat. So he was getting money, at least his son was, verifiably. Mm-hmm. He was getting money from a communist party-controlled energy company. Millions and millions of dollars going to him from that. And then he was also getting money from Burisma, Mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. them with their energy thing. Right. And yet the Biden seemed to be awfully sure that, you know, brown energy is really bad. <laughs> so, isn't this weird? That is weird. That is very weird. Huh. Maybe it's yeah. good over there and it's bad over here. Is that what well, we, we should know be? it's bad over here? Yeah. Well, colonialism yeah. for one thing. Let's Thank just say you. that colonialism. Yes. Thank yeah. you. And people here are not as willing to give money to Hunter Biden, uh, you know, unless it's for art, for <laughs> energy here. So screw these energy companies here. Yeah. They don't know yeah, who to yeah. pay. They don't know how the game is played. You know. Right. They're learning. They're learning, but. Uh, well, and his art is incredibly valuable, as you know. Uh, what is he getting? Five hundred thousand oh, dollars a piece for those paintings? They're beautiful. Yeah. They're beautiful. And you get you you get an appointment to a international post post and okay. a beautiful painting to go along with it. Right. So right, and I think like a stay at so. the Lincoln Bedroom too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> you might. Yeah, I you think might. You do well. That was more of a Clinton kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you heard Vivek uh, Ramaswamy said on saturday that he said the war in ukraine is likely tied to the allegations that president joe biden's son received bribes uh, from overseas energy firm burisma the purpose of the u.s military is to advance american interests to protect the homeland not to aimlessly fight some random war that is arguably a repayment for the private bribe that a family member of the united states received five million dollars from burisma does that not make wow. sense? It sure does. Why is it we are sending so much over? Remember, what did they impeach, impeach Donald Trump over? Uh, the Russian collusion, for one thing. And uh, the payment to the stripper, right? The, no. The, 
it no, wasn't the you miss the you misremember oh, okay no you misremember they were impeaching him trying to impeach impeach him and trying to get him thrown under the bus because he made a phone call oh to zelinsky mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay the so the pro the quo. phone call correct mm-hmm. where what did he say what what did trump say to zelinsky uh, he, he, if I remember correctly, and I'm still maybe misremembering yeah. this, uh, but he he wanted information. I think uh, he mm-hmm. wanted them to look into the corruption from uh, the Biden family. Ah, the Biden family in Burisma. Mm-hmm. So he says, "Hey." I'll send these to you, but you got to help me out here. You uh, look into this because I know it was right. happening. Look into this. Yep. So they tried to say quid pro quo. Okay. But wait a minute. So Zelensky talks to Trump. He knows how valuable that information is to Trump and anyone against Joe Biden. Zelensky knows. Mm-hmm. Zelensky comes over here and says, hey, I want more money, more money, more money. And Joe Biden doesn't even pass go to give him the $200. He just keeps shelling out the cash. Gee, shouldn't someone look into that in seeing that we know that at least 30%, maybe as high as 70 is not going to the places we deem it to go? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And we really want to thank you for listening. Capo. Okay, thank you. Former capo, not a capo, but I'm not Italian. My wife was dying when I said that. Uh, Michael, how are you, sir? I'm good, Glenn. Good morning. <laughs> I, <laughs> your, wife knows, your wife knows the correct pronunciation, huh? Oh, yeah. My wife is talk with your hands Italian. Uh, when I joined the family, every Sunday and you couldn't understand half the family because it was all in broken English. It was a wonderful experience. Um, But uh, probably, probably not the same experience you had uh, growing up. Um, Michael, um, first of all, tell me about your change in life because you've, you were a bad dude. Well, yeah, Glenn. I mean, I spent over 20 years on the street and, you know, my dad was the underboss of the Colombo family, one of the five New York mafia families. So I grew up in the life, even though my dad initially, he didn't want me to, uh, you know, to be a member. He wanted me to go to school and be a doctor. And I was on that road until he drew a a 50 year prison sentence um, for a federal conviction that he had and went off to prison in 1970. That's when things kind of changed for me. And, you know, long story short, you know, to try to help him get out of jail, my dad proposed me for membership in the life, and I became a made member, that's the, the term, in 1975 and started on that, uh, you know, that road. But, uh, you know, long story short, I mean, I became a major target of law enforcement. I had, you know, seven indictments. Uh, I was uh, went to trial five different times. So I had a bullseye on my back from day one because my dad was that high-profile figure. But, uh, you know, it all happened for me when I met a young girl who was, uh, you know, a young Christian girl. She's now my wife of 38 years. And uh, mm-hmm. I decided if I was, you know, if I wanted this girl in my life, I didn't want her to put through what every other family goes through of every member of that life. And I had to make a decision whether to stay in or walk away and, Obviously, I chose her, and it was a, a life-changing experience, and that was 
like I said, 38 years ago, and I, I ended up, uh, you know, doing eight years in prison. I had a, a huge restitution for a plea that I took uh, uh, for a racketeering case, and life just changed, you know, from that point. So it, was, it wasn't mm. easy. It was a struggle, a challenge. A lot of people were upset with me, but, you know, we made it through. Good for you. Good for you. Um, all right. I want to talk to you about now, for some reason, Pat, who is filling in for Stu today, is is really harping on, you know, okay, we know about Italian mob families. Are there mm -hmm. mob families and he's just pulled out of the air? Ita I mean, uh, uh, um, Irish for some reason. I don't know if you know any <laughs> Irish mob families. Uh, well, but you know, uh, can you t go ahead? Yeah, in New York, uh, you know, there was a crew there. They were called the Westies. And, um, you know, I was familiar with them. We, we kind of worked with them at times. So by name of Jimmy Coonan, who's now doing life in prison, was one of the leaders, and I was fairly close with him. Um, you know, and obviously in Ohio, there well, was another group. I, well, hang on just a second. I mean, you were talking about the Westies, and then I think you said the Coons, and that's so that's W's and C's. Is there anybody in the B's? Like, I don't know. <laughs> by, uh, <laughs> no, when you look so, at the family of the Bidens, is that not a crime family? You know, I, I got to tell you, Glenn, it's so hard for me to sit back and watch what's going on and wonder why this all hasn't been exposed, the right questions aren't asked. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, it's always follow the money. The money trail always leads to something. And just so you know my background, I was, uh, you know, I was indicted and pled guilty to, it was a racketeering case, but the underlying act was I was defrauding the government out of tax on every gallon of gasoline. We devised a scheme, I ran it for eight years, where we were selling gasoline and just keeping the tax money. And I had oh 18, 18 shell companies, 18 of them. They did nothing. They had no brick and mortar. They had no employees. They, they had no service. All we did was create a corporation so that we can open up a bank account. And the money that flowed in there was all illegal money. It was all tax money that we were taking from the government. There was no other purpose for the for the company and that's exactly the same thing that the bidens are doing there's no brick and mortar they provide no service there's nothing but a, a bank account in order to collect money it's been shown that there was you know i don't a hundred and some odd suspicious activity reports from the banks yeah which is a dead giveaway that this money is is bad money coming from someplace and uh you know it's I just hope it's exposed because, you know, Glenn, listen, I was a bad guy. I took responsibility for what I did. I walked away from a life that I knew was no good. Uh, but to have a president in office that's doing these kind of things that was elected, you know, to, to provide for the welfare of the people and protect the country and basically is treasonous in my view. And, and a lot of people share this view because I oh, get I around so and people talk. Uh, it's just yeah. unheard of. I, I, I mean, I never heard of anything like that. I happen, I happen to agree with you on, on that. Um, the, let, let's just focus again on the Shell corporations. Every one of his children and seemingly grandchildren, I think, except for one, um, has the Shell corporations. And all of this money is going in. And they don't, they have never even been asked but when you look at them, there is no reason that these shell corporations are getting money from Burisma, et cetera, et cetera. So why isn't that a bigger deal? Exactly. What does that tell I you? Think every, 
every every reporter in every news conference should be asking this question until it gives an answer. And there is no answer. That's why it cannot be answered. There is no answer because it's an obvious situation for me. And, you know, this whole idea that, you know, he's not collecting money directly. Well, so what? I didn't collect money directly either. But eventually it came to me. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's beyond my understanding why these questions are not being asked to him every single day. This is absolutely so, a crime. I mean, it's just, there's no when, when you When you have the RICO statute, as I understand it, it, it is even for the um, thinking of the crime, is it not? I mean, you don't actually have to. If you're selling the illusion, that's enough for the RICO statute to kick in, is it not? Absolutely. You know, when you have a conspiracy, you can take, sit down and talk about, you know, committing the crime, and the illusion would be something like that. You don't have to commit the crime. You just have to be talking about it. You just have to be using that or letting people think that you're going to provide that service, even if you don't. So if people are thinking that Biden is going to somehow, you know, uh, use the power of his office, but never does, but you're leading people to believe that, that's a crime. 100% under the statute. And listen, I've had, I've had three RICO statutes and defended two of them in court. I understand it <laughs> extremely well. So there's no question. Uh, so uh, they would say that then that's just Hunter's crime. Dad didn't know anything about it. That's just Hunter's crime because you can't prove that Joe got any money whatsoever. How would you answer that? Well, let me ask you a question. I'll set up a scenario. Let's say I'm in a room and I'm having a meeting. I'll do something foreign from what we're talking about. We're in a room. I'm having a meeting with somebody that wants me to be an executive producer on a film that, they, uh, that they're creating, right? And uh, they're asking me, well, you know, why should I make you executive producer? Can you help get this film done? And I start to talk, and then all of a sudden, hold a second, you know, my, my father's on the phone. He's calling me. Hey, Dad, how you doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The weather's great out here. I'm just in a meeting talking with somebody. Yeah, Dad, I'll talk to you soon. I hang up the phone. They say, well, what does your father do? Well, he's the head of Universal Studios. Oh, okay. Let's continue our conversation. What does that mean right there? Mm. That means this guy now knows that I have the connection to get whatever I want done with you. So you're going to hire me. It's the same thing that's going on there. Biden doesn't have to say anything on the phone. Just the fact that he calls in when you're sitting in the meeting with his son uh, lets that person believe, okay, I have the, the power through this young man here I'm sitting with to get whatever I need done. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what's going on and that people don't see through this. Uh, and they're not asking the so right questions. So I want to get to your right questions here in a second, I, but uh, I want to I want to first stop at Hunter Biden. You know, you say you're in the room and, you know, he picks up the phone. I can't imagine um, <laughs> trusting somebody who, you know, is a is addicted to hookers, um, is addicted to crack cocaine. And you would think that that would make him uh, a more reliable source because you can squeeze is would would you have gotten into business when you were you know in the crime business would you have gotten into business with hunter biden to get his dad and would it make it and a bigger target 
or uh, would it be less dependable? We'll get to that here in just a second. Um, we are talking to Michael Frenzies. He was part of New York Columbo's uh, uh, Columbo fi- uh, crime family years ago and a uh, changed man and kind of upset what's going on in the country. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Oh, we are uh, we are talking to a, a world famous mobster who has turned his life around. He is the host of Sit Down with Michael Francis. Uh, he was part of New York's Colombo crime family. He's a made man. His father was the notorious leader of the crime family. Uh, like I said, he's changed his life, married a good woman, and uh, turned his life over to uh, God and has been on a good track for many, 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 many years, 38 years married. Uh, so, Michael, I want to lay out a... I just want to lay this scenario out, and I don't think anybody is laying it out this way, but you tell me what this looks like. So Zelensky, uh, I'm sorry, um, Kolomoisky, he is Ihor Kolomoisky. He is the, the oligarch, really bad dude. He beheads his, uh, his uh, opponents, okay? Anybody who gets in the way, he is known to behead them. So he hires... <laughs> hunter biden and uh he's trying to get uh you know some access the dad comes over joe biden immediately after he's hired he gives a big speech about how we got to do more fracking we have to have more oil running through now this is the same guy that just three or four years later shuts down all of america's fracking and and oil when trump uh is starts to fall on this trail he calls Zelensky now Zelensky is a he was a comedian on television and Kolomoisky is one of the big oligarchs that paid for his campaign to become president he becomes president President Trump calls him says hey can you look into this stuff all of a sudden all of this stuff is leaked about how uh, Trump is is trying to do tit for tat. Uh, he's impeached and the whole thing kind of goes away. Now, Joe Biden gets in and shockingly, he and uh, Zelensky are pals and they're pals against this war against Russia. But Zelensky is the only person I have ever seen that can go to the White House, not even Winston Churchill got this, can go to the White House and say, I want you to write more. And he will write check after check after check, billions of dollars, none of it being tracked or accounted for. And by the way, Kolomoisky, he was just uh, he just lost his citizenship because last year. Uh, uh, Zelensky said, you know what? The United States is investigating him. He's got to get out of here. He's lost his citizenship. That sounds like somebody being cut out of the deal because they think they can now. Does that not sound like a huge money laundering system and blackmail bribery and everything else? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's so obvious, Glenn. It's so obvious. First of all, what is Hunter Biden doing in bed with somebody like that when your father is, a, Correct. Uh, you know, how do you not stop him from being involved with somebody like that? Correct. It's very simple because Correct. you're promoting it. You're promoting it the same way he's been promoting Hunter all over the world to go out and make these relationships and collect money. 
I mean, this is this is a record, and it's not only that. I mean, Hunter has given us the information. He's sitting there talking on the phone with his father next to him, shaking people down. This is extortion. You go to jail for this for a long time. And, and, and you know, the Department of Justice is not investigating this. They, they laid out this whole racketeering case. It's, it's as plain as day. You know, just going back to your, you know, to your question about these companies, when you form a company, an LLC, a corporation, you do it for a purpose because you have a business. That company has a function. It's a business that you're going to provide a service to clients so they in turn pay you. So the question is, what was the function that these companies performed in order to receive money from a client? What was the service? And if the case, what was his granddaughter? What service was he providing, you know, for people overseas to collect this money? The questions are not being asked, and they should be asked at every single uh, time that you see this president, every time you're in the room with his spokesperson there. Because they can't answer this. There is no answer. The only logical answer that's right in front of everybody's face is that he's collecting bad money for a service. And that service is he's selling, uh, you know, his position. Is the the weaponization of the government now to destroy Donald Trump, when, when you were in the mob... Things like that had to be, uh, you know, you send people a message. What is the message the government is trying to send and who are they sending it to? Donald Trump, the American people, all of us. What is happening there? You know what, Glenn, when I, when I was on the street, look, I'll, I'll say this and please understand where I'm coming from. My dad, you know, spent a lot of years in that life and did a lot of bad things. No doubt. So did I. I went to jail for a crime that I was guilty of. I pled guilty. I did my time. Okay, but there were times when the FBI stretched their, uh, you know, their, their ability, and they, they committed crimes in order to catch us. But you know what? We were mobsters. People looked the other way. Okay, we get it. Sometimes the FBI had to do things like that. But I always said, when you give the government an inch, they'll take a yard, and they'll never give it back. If you allow them to break the law, to go after lawbreakers, eventually they're going to use that power against their enemies. And that's exactly what they're doing now. And they're so overt and so blatant about it, they don't even care. Mm -hmm. They don't even care. It's so obvious. So, you know, I try to tell people, I make them aware, this is extremely dangerous. It really is, because when you give the government the power to go after their enemies and weaponize them, pretty soon they'll use it against anybody they want to. And look, they've been doing it with our social media companies, going, closing people down, stopping free speech. This is terribly dangerous. There is a a really dangerous trend going on in this country, and people need to wake up to this, and they need to have it stopped. You know, people even tell me, Michael, why, why are you so overtly talking about this? Because, you know, next thing you know, they'll be coming after me. But listen, I'm 72 years old. You know, I, I, I ain't worried what they're going to do to me. I have seven children. I have six grandchildren. This country is not the country that I grew up in. And, and it's such a dramatic change that's going on that's so overt and so obvious. I mean, this president, uh, I'm telling you, Glenn, and, you know, somebody has to get him under control. You know, look... And I'm going to take this a step further, and and please, I hope your audience doesn't get offended, but, you know, I spoke to 850 Border Patrol agents, the state of Texas, 
I did a whole you know seminar with them. And then we hung out afterwards and we talked. Some of the things that they were telling me about what's going on in the southern border, and they said they're getting so little help from the federal government. I mean, you know, I mean, there's murder taking place over there. People are dying. The drugs that are coming over. When you're president of the United States and you understand that 100,000 people a year are dying from fentanyl overdose and fentanyl poisoning, because there's often times that somebody yes. will take an Adderall. You know, kids take Adderalls to stay up at night so they can study. You know, kids in college, I know my daughters did that. But these mm-hmm. Adderalls, some of them are being laced with fentanyl. That's poisoning. That's not even an addiction. If you know that this is going on in your country and you allow it to happen, you don't get this under control. What type of person are you? I mean, we didn't do that on the street. We didn't allow that. We we took care of our communities. You know, we might have been bad guys, but we didn't allow crime to come into our neighborhoods and our communities. This is this is just horrible stuff. This is bad stuff. I'm telling you. So let's just pause for a second. I, I don't know how much time you have, Michael. Can you stay over the top of the hour? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. It's early morning where okay. I am. It's okay. Um, okay, so, so let me ask you the, the, the follow-up question on the drugs. Compare what's happening right now with fentanyl to the worst time um, in, Americans his, in American history with drugs. I remember the, the crack uh, thing in the 80s and, and how bad drugs were in the 70s. Compare what's happening because of our border policy to those times. Well, it's, it's just as bad or worse because I don't, I don't know if you realize what's going on in some of these cities now with Trank. I mean, I, I, you live in L.A., you would not believe what's going on there. You walk down the streets, you oh, see I know. drug addicts and homeless people everywhere. The same in Portland, Seattle. I had a, a store in, in San Francisco, a pizza place. We had to shut it down. We had to shut it down because, you know, people hanging out. We had hypodermic needles on the floor. We had people defecating in front of the... I can't even tell you the scene that, that's going on there. So... You know, and, and look, this is a little bit personal for me. I mean, I had a sister that died of an overdose of drugs. My my daughter's boyfriend, who did a lot of my video work, 24 years old, a, a terrific young man, took an Adderall that was laced with fentanyl in five minutes, Glenn, dropped dead in my house. In my oh, house. Gosh. And he had no idea. He was poisoned by this. It was an Adderall that he took. And a lot of these young people take these, these Adderalls. I'm not saying they should. I'm not suggesting that. But they do. It keeps them awake. And they study. And this stuff is going on. And it's happening. And it's coming over the border in droves. The, the, the agents told me they're not even getting 10% of the illegal drugs that are coming over our border. This Jeez. is straight from their mouth. Not even 10%. So what does that mean? And this is going into neighborhoods and communities. You know, I laugh, you know, the, the mayor of New York, who, you know, I had a little bit of high hope for when he came in. He was a former police officer. The mayor of New York comes in and he's complaining about homeless, about immigrants coming into, you know, to New York. Well, go after your president. He's the one that's allowing this. Right. It's not the people that, <laughs> right. It's not the, right. It's not the governor of the border states. I mean, you're a sanctuary city. You welcome them with open arms. And now you complain. Go after your president. It's this administration. It's Mayorkas. It's these people that are allowing this to happen. And what's, you know, Glenn, maybe you can answer me. What's the end game here? Why are they doing this? Why are they allowing these people to come in in droves? You know, to me, it's, it's destruction. A that, well, 
Yeah, I mean, what's the reason? What, what are they? They're not humane. We know they don't care about them. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. They don't want them in their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. But what, what's the end game? There's something devious going on here. They have a they have a devious reason to allow this to happen. Well, I mean, everything that I mean, you can't to me, Michael. You can't be this wrong. And, uh, you know, by happenstance, I mean, everything they do leads to one way or another chaos, the destruction of values and the destruction of everything that is American. Um, I mean, we are being impoverished through inflation. We are being killed through. Honestly, this all this is, is the opium wars that the British did to the Chinese. The Chinese learned from it and they're doing it to us. We are under attack inside and outside, and we are being destroyed. And I'm sorry, you just can't be this wrong this many times and not have it be a coincidence. You can't convince me that they're trying to make America a better place. They're dismantling it every step of the way. Uh-huh.